HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Big Green Egg, the world's largest producer of ceramic charcoal grills, and also by Springer Mountain Farms, over 300 family farms raising birds in Georgia's Blue Ridge Mountains. Learn more at BigGreenEgg.com and SpringerMountainFarms.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Heritage Radio Network. I am Kat Johnson. We are broadcasting live from the Charleston Wine and Food Festival in Charleston, South Carolina. This is our last day of the festival. We have been broadcasting from the middle of the Culinary Village at Marion Square. And we want to thank our sponsors, Big Green Egg and Springer Mountain Farms, for allowing us to be here this weekend. We have talked to over 50 different chefs and brewers and winemakers and um, people in the hospitality industry. Um, It's been really incredible. We want to thank everybody who's dropped by our teepee and said hello listened in, joined us for interviews. Um, It's been a really fun weekend, and I hope that we get to come back again next year because Charleston has definitely treated us well. I'm really excited because now I'm joined by Steve Palmer um, with the Indigo Road Hospitality Group in Charleston, and he was just telling me that he did, he's done 19 events this weekend, so you must be exhausted. (laughs) You know, it's, um, I mean, it's it's such a great weekend for us, and, uh, you know, we have seven restaurants here in town, so we kind of have to do that many, right? It's kind of expected, but um, but we love it, and the fun for us is is the out-of-town restaurant tours, the out-of-town industry folks that get to come in and experience what we get to see every day, and, and uh, I was just saying to Kat, the the thing that I love the most is the first-timers that are coming to Charleston, and they're like, oh, my God, this city is amazing, and everybody's so nice. And there's such a strong sense of community here in the restaurant industry. We all know each other. We all eat in each other's restaurants. So it's really uh, it's a special place. Has there been any highlight for you this weekend? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... I, um, I'm a big fan of Danny Meyer, and uh, really, the Indigo Road, we teach to uh, many of the principals in his book, Setting the Table. So I got to interview him on stage in front of a live audience, uh, kind of inside the actor's studio style, um, and uh, I totally dorked out. You said you were having a fangirl moment. I literally walked up on stage and went... <laughs> Okay, and everybody laughs. So, yeah, no, getting to interview Danny Meyer was a career, a career highlight for me. That's amazing. Um, 
Now, I also want to talk to you about um, Ben's Friends, which is an organization that you co-founded, right? Yes. Um, so, it, Ben's Friends, I've been in the business 30 years. Um, and one of the things for me uh, personally, I've also been sober for 15 years. Um, so, one of the things for the last couple of years that has been heavy on my heart is this notion in our industry that you you can't work in this business and be sober. You know, it's alcohol and drug-fueled, unfortunately. Um, and there's just such a culture of this is how I deal with stress. I get off work. I blow myself to pieces till 3 in the morning. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And it, it, by no means am I on a crusade where I'm not saying alcohol's bad. Um, I was a sommelier for many, many years. But sadly, a friend of mine, Ben Murray, who's a chef uh, in Atlanta, who had been struggling with alcohol for years, uh, took his life, helping me open one of his restaurants, one of my restaurants. And so it really prompted me to start. uh, Really, it's just a support group. Uh, We meet every week. Uh, We've raised money uh, for professional therapists, professional counselors. And so it's just a support group. Not just for addiction, um, but just people struggling with mental health issues in our business. The hours are long. uh, The stress is high. And we all kind of feed off of that, which is why we're in the business. But it also, it's one of those things that can be the thing that drew you to the business, but it can also be the thing that, that takes you out of the business. Even this weekend, sadly... We had a local restaurateur die two days ago um, because of addiction from a very beloved restaurant. And so, you know, it's funny, not funny, it's interesting to me that we talk about sustainability. We talk about sustainability in farms, sustainability. We don't talk about human sustainability. And um, I've been working 16 hours a day, six days a week for 30 years. And so at some point... Uh, I hope as an industry, we're going to talk more about the human sustainability. We're all, we're all talking right now about the staff shortage, about the long hours, the low pay. But what we're not talking about is what's left after you get off work. And so I've been blown away by the response, not only in the people that come every Sunday, but I, Chef Scott Crawford from Raleigh came today and he called me and said, I'm going to start a Ben's Friends in Raleigh. I met a chef last night from Charlotte, North Carolina. I talked about Ben's Friends. He said, I'm going to start a chapter. So, And it's really just a safe place for people in our industry to come. And really, more than anything, just know that there's a different way to live. So that's really interesting that people are wanting to replicate that uh, program. What would you say to someone in a different city who who thinks that's a real need and what, how could they get that started? So, um, you can go, you could go to our website, bensfriendshope.com. Um, my email is on there. You can reach out to me. I would love to offer any, any sort of information. I mean, the idea is, is, I mean, it's, we're a nonprofit. Uh, the idea is to, is, well, let me back up. You know what I love the most? I walk around Charleston now and, Restaurant people, non-restaurant people walk up to me on the street and go, it's really awesome what you're doing. So if nothing else, we've started a conversation where people now know, hey, if somebody's in trouble, you can send them this way. So the biggest thing I would say is start the group. It could be three of you. 
having a cup of co- just just do something. Uh, we don't have a lot of structure. We, you know, I mean, if you came to one of our groups, it's very loose. Uh, but just start something. Just start the conversation. It's not, you know, there's a lot of nonprofits that are sexy. We all go, yeah, that's an amazing cause. This can be a little awkward at times when you start talking about it. But I honestly, I've had four chef friends die in the last 12 months. So it's, it's, and what, the one that passed away on Friday is under 30. So this is not, you know, this is a conversation that we've got to have. We've got to have it. So. Do you think that having it set up that's in a way that is more informal and laid back lends itself better to reaching people and making an impact? Absolutely. So it's it's an anonymous meeting. So if you come, nobody's going to run out and call your boss. And um, and it's just a very, you're not, you don't have to talk. You can just come and sit there and be quiet for an hour. Nobody's going to put you on the spot. And I think it feels uh, very non-threatening to people. And, and, I th- and I think that, I think that we want it to be approachable. You know, it's just restaurant people. There's dishwashers, there's chefs there's you know it's just a group of people so we normally we like to ask at the end of our uh interviews like we did so let's flip it around again and let's um i want to ask you a little bit more about like what what's something new or a new project that you have going on with your restaurant group sure so we have um we've expanded to atlanta charlotte raleigh nashville so uh oak steakhouse is here in charleston it's 12 years old. It's our oldest restaurant. Um, we are opening in Charlotte on on March the 30th. Uh, we've also opened our sushi concept Oku, which is just Japanese for oak. Uh, we've opened that in Charlotte, and it's doing very well. And and really, our growth. Uh, what I love the most is we promote from within at a very high level. We have people in the company that are partners that started as waiters. Um, and, and what I always say to, to people, you know, for so long, our industry was seen as like what you do till you figure out what you're doing. Um, I, you, before Top Chef and the Food Network and all that, people would say, oh, I'm just doing this till I get a real job. Well, for 30 years, you know, I've had a real job. So the, what I love about our growth is that we, I tell people in orientation, if this is the industry you want to make your career in, you don't ever have to go anywhere else because we're going to continue to grow and create opportunities for other people. So kind of tying back to you talking to Danny Meyer, one thing that their group is doing to kind of make the hospitality industry more of a career for people is they're, you know, including hospitality. Do you think that that's, but I've also, on the other hand, talked to smaller restaurateurs who like just say that that's not feasible for them. Do you see that? Do you see the hospitality included and, that movement becoming more common across the country? Well, you know, uh, first off, I would say I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I have a great answer. I'll tell you intuitively, uh, and, I, and again, I love Danny. I love what that group stands for. I know a, lo- I know a lot of the people within that group. Um, you know, when you're Danny Meyer, you can raise your prices 30% and everybody's going to follow behind. I, I don't know. I've, I've heard the same things you've heard. There's been documented smaller restaurants that have said, we tried it, and we lost all our wait staff overnight, uh, and then we couldn't, we couldn't afford to keep doing it. My question to you as a consumer, 
is if you're paying $15 for a hamburger and now your hamburger's $20, how do you feel about that as it relates to knowing, well, this is to compensate for, for the fact that I'm not going to have to tip? And I don't have that answer. I am open-minded 100%. I'm one of these people that I will always tell you I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Um, but I'm a good listener. And I, so if somebody could show me the financials of how it works, and that's what we're all afraid of, mm-hmm. is it, it philosophically, yeah, I'm on board 100%. Um, for smaller groups, it's scary. It's scary to change your business. I mean, it is a dramatic shift in both your, the way you treat your employees, good and bad, because let's face it, some servers like the money every night i mean they just that's why they're serving um i look forward to watching what happens i'm 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 definitely a student my ears are perked up but i don't have an i don't have that answer quite yet yeah well my last question for you um we like to ask this question to a lot of people okay it's an easy one what's the last great bite that you had the last great bite that i had you know at six five and Two hundred and too many pounds. I have a lot of bites. Um, when you have seven restaurants, you're constantly biting. Uh, what did I have last night? It was amazing. Um, I had a foie gras panna cotta w- with new, uh, Whopper bits, like you know the candy Whopper crumbled up strawberries, and that was at Indaco or Italian restaurant. It was. Uh, it tasted like cereal, and I could have eaten a gallon of it. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> well, Steve, thank you so much for stopping by and joining us. Absolutely. Once again, Thanks. Steve Palmer from the Thanks. Indigo Road Restaurant Thank Group. you. Awesome. I'm Kat Johnson. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We are lo- broadcasting live from Charleston Wine and Food. Stay tuned because next up we have our final show of the weekend. So sad. Um, okay, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Big Green Egg, the world's largest producer of ceramic charcoal grills. In business since 1974, they've transformed ancient cooking vessels into modern-day masterpieces. Today, they sell seven sizes of the egg, as well as hundreds of accessories designed to make your cooking fun, entertaining, and delicious. Often copied but never equaled, the Big Green Egg is the ultimate cooking experience. Learn more at biggreenegg.com. This episode is also brought to you by Springer Mountain Farms, over 300 family farmers raising birds in Georgia's Blue Ridge Mountains. Many of them are second and even third generation. They're committed to doing things the right way. Springer was one of the first poultry companies to forego the use of antibiotics, and they've embraced other humane practices too. In fact, they were the first poultry company to earn the American Humane Association seal of approval. Learn more at springermountainfarms.com.